Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is episode 8 and for the next couple of couple of podcasts I'm going to do a bit of a series on unfaithfulness. The topic has come up a little bit lately in a couple of different contexts. I've been doing a bit of thinking about it and uh, couples have been or if couples often feel nervous about this topic when it comes to getting married and so I wanted to broach it and talk about it not even just from a perspective of before you get married but even once you are married and you know we all have arguments or discussions where we haven't resolved something yet and in the meantime we feel awful and we feel distant and we think gosh I hope you know that they that they don't go and try and find someone else because we're having a bad time you know it's really a logical thought and it's illogical because as I'll talk about it um, during the podcast, people don't go out looking, waking up one day and looking for somebody to have an affair with. It's not, it's not as conscious as that. But um, so be encouraged. It's not, it's not like that's what happens when someone feels distant. They go looking for someone. But um, we do, we do have that concern and that subconscious kind of worry that something like that might happen to us. And so I just wanted to talk about that and talk about what you can do to avoid that happening as much as possible. So here's the question, for those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights reel on social media and pretend it's all rosy, where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. So, unfaithfulness. I've got a lot to say about this, but this is really, really hard for me to talk about on a podcast as well because it's. Uh, I like to give a lot of examples when I'm when I'm talking about some of this stuff, and but this one is a really, really tough one to give examples for when I really don't, I really do not feel comfortable talking about examples in the relationship between Josh and I and you know um, I'll talk about this in much much more detail later on but there's something called the marriage zone and it's certain things that are just between me and Josh that are nobody else's business and when I'm talking about unfaithfulness and and ways to avoid it and things like that I just uh, it is hard for me to talk about I feel really nervous that I don't I don't want to go over the line when I'm talking about it, because I know, so Josh, um, he's awesome, and he listens to my podcast, and he'll give me feedback, and I really don't want to disrespect him in any way, so this is really hard for me to to do this podcast, but I really want to talk about it, because, you know, it is hard to talk about, and so people don't talk about it, and it needs to be talked about, but please forgive me if sometimes this is a bit stilted, and I sometimes have to think about what I'm saying, uh, so just putting that out there to start with. So affairs don't happen intentionally nobody goes about wakes up one morning and says right today I'm going to look for someone who I can have an affair with and this is really really important to know um, and, and this doesn't come from you know I'm, this this is standard knowledge from marriage counsellors I've I've not learned this on my own but from counsellors counsellors who've had heaps of experience helping screeds of people who've gone through unfaithfulness in their marriages but we've helped screeds of people set up strategies for avoiding this kind of thing from happening in their relationship before it even is a consideration or a problem so it is um it is something that um I can talk about from 
the setting up point of view really, really well, like how to avoid it happening. And so that's what the focus is going to be, not too much on what it's like going through it. Um, And I just want you to be aware that this is definitely my opinion, and I'm sorry if I have... Uh, if some of my opinion comes through quite strongly just remember to take it with a, a, a grain of salt but I do think there's some value in, in what I can share with you that can help you to both feel comfortable with it not feel like a doormat and also to feel confident that you cannot worry about it happening in your relationship even if it's maybe a potential thing that would happen in the future the important thing is to not worry about it and keep it out of your relationship in the sense that it's not going to be an issue and if you treat it like it's not going to be an issue it's it's probably going to help it not become an issue I'll go more into that later on so the strategy is to avoid fears happening in your relationship to avoid unfaithfulness to make sure it stays out is just to pre-prepare and it's just about setting up some stuff to keep it out beforehand Uh, So some of you might know from listening that Josh, he's a pilot, but he's currently out of work. And in fact, everybody in New Zealand that worked for the same company as him, all the pilots are out of work at the moment because of this great little COVID virus thing. And so he's feeling a um, a little bit out of place, a little bit out of sorts, and he's like, I need a project. And so, um, and I've said, I really need some more space to plant some more vegetables. I've been growing all these seedlings and I'd... Uh, I don't have anywhere to plant them and so he's been designing me a vegetable garden and something that got him really excited was he found out this this little tip that you can use to keep slugs out because that's obviously a major consideration because as soon as you plant little seedlings the slugs just come and overnight they're all gone and so he's found this thing that you can do this trick where you just put like a really thin wire all around the raised bed if you like if you build it out of wood or something put it all around the raised bed and then you attach it to a battery a nine volt battery or something and then the slugs just they'll just touch the tip of it and then kind of go back and he just um has been watching some videos and and having a few laughs watching these slugs get shocked <laughs> um but I, why i'm telling you this is um this is kind of what we're thinking when we're talking about setting it up in your relationship so that unfaithfulness doesn't become a thing it's kind of like you're putting that um, that electric fence around your relationship before anything is even becoming a problem so you keep it keep it out and so there's two kind of areas that I'll talk about one is keeping it out from your perspective like you keep it out of your relationship and the other is keeping it out from your partner's perspective which you have lesser control over so keeping it out for you and the first thing that I will say is that the grass is not always greener on the other side. And so if we ever are tempted by somebody else who we, we just meet and we think, wow, they're amazing or they look nice or anything like that, um, we only when we meet someone, we see their good qualities before we find out their bad qualities, right? Um, unless when we meet them, they show their bad qualities straight away, in which case um, no, one's, no one's interested in that, of course. Um, but... You know, we don't find out someone's negative qualities until later because people don't put those forward. And so, uh, what? But what I do would would guarantee is that the grass um, is is definitely not always green on the other side because whilst your partner, you may know their faults now, whoever else you may meet in future will also have their own faults. Um, so, the, and there are, there are kind of two aspects of this. There's keeping it out when you are the one that sees someone and has an interest, or also that someone sees you and has an interest. So, 
what are the signs that someone has an interest in you? And I think we all know these, um, I guess, subconsciously, but it's things like they might have longer eye contact with you or um, sort of hang around after a conversation is finished and uh, try and think of something else to talk about or... um, I don't know, it could be, it could be anything. Um, and I guess uh, for me, um, I am very, very aware of things like um, like longer than necessary eye contact and things like um, certain grins or smiles or jokes even. Uh, and those are the, the, the sort of signs. And, but I'm hoping that as I'm talking about this, you would also know in yourself when you can recognize that someone's got interest in you maybe you can think about when you were dating your your husband or wife how you knew they were interested in you I mean it's the same kind of thing right and so when we the first thing is to recognize that there are some signs and consciously bring them up to our kind of consciousness and go okay there's something happening here because it's really really important that we recognize it we recognize that this is an electric fence moment where we want to we want to put in some protections or raise the hackles or put that start that protection going. And what I mean by protection is those things that you pre-prepared ahead of time to do if the situation ever came up. And so what I'm talking about is is your response to this kind of interest going on. Uh, there's this listening exercise we do when uh, we do the, the pre-marriage training where we have couples take turns being a good listener and a bad listener. And so we say, okay, now you, one of you talks and the other person pretend to be a good listener. And then when we give the signal, start pretending to be a bad listener. And, and everybody who does this exercise knows inherently, right, just how to be a bad listener. You don't have to tell them what to do. They can just, they can just do what they need to do to be a bad listener. And it's the same with uh, being a bad encourager of someone having an interest in you. So um, it's, it's where you don't have to be rude to someone, but you can definitely use body language to show that you are not interested in a certain, in a certain way with somebody or in somebody. And so um, the, the body language is key. And so, you know, even just the example of talking about eye contact, we need to start going, okay, this eye contact is starting to be a bit uncomfortable, too much, um, whatever they're talking about, too much, they're sharing too much, whatever. And you can then start reducing your eye contact or you can start reducing the amount of time that you talk and getting out of there soon after the conversation's finished or whatever it is right but that um, what I'm saying is you inherently know that stuff um and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be rude if a lot of it is is um is body language right um you don't have to say some rude things (laughs) um because I know that that can be a thing especially like if it's someone at work or even if it's someone sort of more senior than you and you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to disadvantage yourself or lose out on a promotion or anything but on the other hand you don't have to encourage or allow that kind of behavior just so that you don't miss out on that sort of stuff because you can still be um, direct in the sense of showing that there's no interest there um, without being rude and so um, this is um, yeah and and when I say that as well um, you know like think about how bad it would be if you offended them and what would be the worst case scenario and would that worst case scenario be worse than something really awful happening in your relationship where there was there was something that went um out of line um so um i remember doing uh, doing a um a course on 
self-defense and they talked about kind of like um i don't know the word for it but something like you know the predator of um of you know like someone who um and you know really uh, what how am i going to say this so in the self-defense course we talked about people who get into a situation where say like a female will get raped and they talk about how it happens over time that the predator will do certain things and kind of gain um, kind of access into that person's like that, the, the person they'll try something really little that they will get the person to let them do and then they'll try something else and they'll try something else and they're just getting this person to let them do stuff to them like as in let me buy you a drink let me sit next to you like little stuff but you know um, the, the idea is that it's a little bit rude but the people don't want to be rude back so they let them do it and so it's the same here like um, you know we don't have to worry about not being rude um, you know if, if we can see that something like this is going on so and again like this is really serious stuff and not many people should or would experience this but you know I just want to talk about this because um, what if there is somebody out there that is experiencing this and this helps them so you know I know it's serious but Please don't um, get put off by that. It might be helpful to someone. And then if it's you that has the interest, um, like, um, for example, you know, someone that just started working with you, they, they might be really stunning and you just can't stop looking at them because they look really amazing or they look really good. Um, and um, Or they, they could be really clever and you just want to gain a whole lot of knowledge from them and so you spend a lot of time talking with them and then you start sharing about your hobbies and you know you start conversations and and and, and it gets into that sort of stuff if if it's you um then i encourage you to think about what is what is your marriage worth to you to protect because um if it comes down to it and you have to do something that does offend that person or that means you have to let's say move desks move a job um move away from that person so that it's not a problem um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't that be worth it if it meant the difference between um, somebody getting in the way of your marriage relationship or not? Um, and so, I you know, this is not um, rocket science, but you know, think of the um, the good things and the good times that you have with your spouse when you're around this person, and also look for their negative traits. Try and pull them out sooner rather than later, so that you can just go, okay. Um, not so not so rosy let's take off those rose colored glasses with this other person and again i know that inherently um if you as long as you're consciously aware that this might be happening with you then you inherently know what you can do to disengage that interest and and turn it off and but if you can't then wouldn't it be worth it to get out of there get out of that situation um and so um that's all that i'll talk about on keeping it out of your relationship when it's you. And then now I'm just going to talk about keeping it out when it's your partner. And the first thing I'll say here is, and I say this all the time, but love is voluntary. And what that means is you don't actually, you don't have a right to it just because you're married. You don't have a right to your partner's love just because you're married. And I think that might be, that might be new for some people to hear. I think, you know, if someone promises their ongoing love and commitment for the rest of their lives, you know, on your wedding day, you think, well, you know, that means something, and so you should. But you've got to remember that if someone is feeling disengaged from your relationship, like if, you, if your spouse is feeling like that or they, they don't feel like that you love them, um, you can't make them love you. You don't, you never have a right, 
to like they, they, they're never going to be forced to love you just because they said that they would always love you right and so it's important to remember that because I think that helps when it comes to um, not being a doormat we can't rely on somebody else's love to make us complete and the less we rely on it the more likely that somebody's going to feel the space and the room enough to give them give us their love because they're not they're not going to feel like they have to um, they feel like they voluntarily can and they're going to be more willing to do it out of their own will <laughs> and so um, that's really important so and what we do in the pre-marriage stuff is we get couples to do um, we get them to define a marriage zone so what a marriage zone is is it's basically putting a kind of an, uh, an invisible line or a circle around your marriage relationship everything inside that circle with you two is only for you and it's no one else's business and it could be um, that we're talking about just two or three things that you both agree on um, or have agreed to honour in the other person that you just don't talk about or do or say or whatever um, with anyone else and so examples of that are um, you know not talking about maybe how much money you earn or uh, not giving a certain facial expression or smile to somebody else and like so I say that but that's not something that Josh and I agreed on having in our marriage line that's just something that I've put in place so um, when I'm around um, males I there's you know I don't there's a smile that's only for Josh and I would never smile that way for anyone else and things like that um but you know like so whatever, whatever's in that marriage zone is just yours right and it's it's not for anyone else and what that when you have something like that together it creates an intimacy level where you know that those things are just for you and it brings you closer and it makes you feel closer when you share those things together and you know they're not shared with anyone else and then outside that marriage zone are things that it's okay to share and you both agree that it's okay to share like you might both feel comfortable talking to people about your um, your salary and what you each earn or um, you know decisions that you're trying to make in your marriage and um, and having input on those decisions in particular areas so that's that, that's what a marriage zone is and so if you do that before you ever have a problem it's easy right because it's just set in place and there's no um, there's no ulterior motive there's no um, you know someone's feeling distrustful and wants wants us to put a marriage zone together because they don't think the other person's sticking to it or whatever so so if there are already I guess issues or shared things the, the things that have been shared outside this marriage zone without having set one up it's probably because you have a different idea of the marriage zone than your partner does and so what you want to do is get an idea of what their thinking is when it comes to marriage zone what is okay for them to share is there anything that's not okay to share and having that discussion um, after the fact so not that you have to have done it beforehand that is all is all is not lost if you haven't done it but talk to your partner about now about what would there be if anything that they wouldn't be that they wouldn't be comfortable with you talking to and give examples like you know could I talk to my mum uh, would you have a problem if I talked to my mum about x and y so that's something you can do you know now today tonight and it'll it'll help put in place some boundaries um I um I was having a, a work do one night where I was finishing up working for that place and so we went for it to a bar for drinks and I was one of the last uh, even though I was, I was driving but I was just um, you know enjoying catching up with everyone and saying goodbye and so I um, I wasn't drinking but I just um, I just stuck hung around so I was one of the last three 
um, last three people there. And so it was me, and there was this other guy, work colleague, who was married with a couple of kids, and um, another work friend who was single. Um, she's a um, great girl, really bubbly and really friendly, um, really beautiful, um, but also the life of the party, and partying is what she did best, and she loved to party, and she loved to... Um, she was she's uh, was a very promiscuous person, and then um, later in in the evening she invited her friend to join us, and um, and her friend was also similar to this, and um, they got to talking about certain escapades that they got up to. It was really really uncomfortable conversation, um, but this other work colleague of mine, he was really getting into it and um, and sharing his own stories and blah 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 of his college days and whatever, and then at some point she said. Um, would you like to come back to um, my place for a drink? Because, you know, let's get out of here. We've been in this pub for a while. To this guy, my work colleague, um, and obviously her her friend, who was her flatmate as well, and they were going to go home. And there was this decision point where, I mean, I just looked at him and, and thought, surely you're not, surely you're not going to go. Because we, we all knew about her reputation. We knew that she, um, I mean, she didn't care that he was married and had kids. You know, she would... Um, totally come on to him because that's that's what she does. She's she's this party girl, right? Um, and and he um, in that moment, I guess he just felt like he would get something from that that he couldn't otherwise get, and he decided to go. And um, uh, it's actually a really hard story for me to recall because I was right there, and I didn't say anything. And if I'd said something, maybe I could have made a difference because, sure enough, uh, about two weeks later, his marriage had ended. Um, and it was just a stupid one-night decision that wasn't even important to him. But because he didn't have anything in place, it was just like, oh, well, why not? It's just a drink, you know. Um, it's it's fine. It's, it's safe. Um, and um, but but when I when I'm talking about marriage zone, I'm talking about things like you know, if I ever got into a situation where I was going to be in a room with somebody and we were drinking, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get into that situation, right? And so um, for me, I would I would just not go to someone's house when it was just going to be me and someone of the opposite sex or two people of the opposite sex or whatever it is. Um, you know, I just wouldn't do it. Um, and again, this is me, my marriage zone. You decide what you want in yours. Um, but this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's just setting some stuff up beforehand so that when you get into a situation, it's like, oh, no, I've already made the decision about what I would do in the situation. So I'm going to just, um, I'm just going to make that decision. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. The decision's already made. I'm just not going to go there. Another technique, I guess, for keeping it out when it comes to your partner is, um, is that we need to we need to show them love in order for them to voluntarily give us love, right? So we can't make them love us, but we can love them and then hope that they'll return it, right? And so this is not, I'm not talking about doormat style. Oh, I love you, please don't ever uh, cheat on me type of thing. I, I'm talking about loving them how they want to be loved. They don't want to be. Um, loved with condition like please I'll love you but just don't cheat on me they want to be loved with no condition they want to be loved how they like being loved and when I'm, you know, if you haven't come across the five love languages or you haven't done that um, that test this is the kind of thing I'm talking about so what is their love language and even just in general like um, you know females 
Um, they feel loved um, when they're adored, when they're treated like a princess, when they're told they're beautiful, when they're told that they're, um, you know, by their, their by their man that they uh, their man can't live without them, that they just um, they want to be with them forever and they love them. Um, for a male, it's a bit different. They they want to be told by their wife that they that their wife respects them. They want to be they want to feel liked. They don't they know that we love them, but they they don't always know that we like them. So they, they want to know that we enjoy their company, that we find their jokes funny, that we think that they are really smart, that they, um, you know, that they look really hot in their rugby shorts or whatever it is. Um, you know, but, they, but we need to show them the love in the way that they recognise it so they feel loved so that they're not even, they're not tempted when it comes to having situations like that. Um, when someone feels in a loving relationship and they feel close to their partner, they're less likely to be tempted to want to even um, to go anywhere with anyone else and make um, dumb decisions. And the the last thing that I have here is just to decide to. It's really important to decide to trust your partner, like like putting on a coat kind of thing. Like I'm going to put on a coat of trust and I'm going to decide that I'm going to trust them, right? So even if you have doubts and you feel like there's something that maybe you should be worried about, like putting on a coat of trust and saying, no, I'm going to trust that they aren't going to do anything bad to me. And then you can treat them like you trust them, that they're not going to do anything bad to you. And what that does is it it forms that reciprocal um, kind of a little bit like how I've been talking about with that cognitive dissonance and that, that um, you know, you can't change your partner but you can change some things that will make them feel willing to change. Um, you know, if you have been a little bit untrusting or even if you haven't, if you decide to be trusting and say, this is, you know, this is not something that I feel will be a problem for us, um, you know, then then they feel more likely to respond to that and go, yeah, you're right, you're um, that that trust is is well earned. And so whether they do or or, or don't, respond to that um, well and whether they do or not decide to do something stupid um, we are not responsible for that response we cannot control what they actually do in the end um, we, so um, I kind of um, I think of it like this so the word responsible response able I, I'm not able to control someone else's response so I'm not responsible for their response and it's the same here. Like no matter what we do, we could be the best, amazing wife in the world and the most loving, and we could have the most awesome, close bond relationship and the awesomest relationship out there. Um, and it could still happen. And so we need to just not feel responsible that it could happen. Not worry about it. Just trust that it's not going to happen. Um, and then that will increase the likelihood that it doesn't. But it can never totally guarantee that it won't. And we just have to be comfortable that we that we are not reliant on someone else for our own happiness. And, um, you know, I can go into that, and I think I will um, in another in another podcast. But for now, um, you know, like thinking about it like putting on a coat, like, like I'm going to decide to trust this person, it's not going to be a problem, then I don't have to worry about it, I don't have to stress about it. So I, I really hope that helped. Um, yeah, a, a really heavy topic, and again, not easy to talk about, but hey, look, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> And maybe it'll help someone. If um, if you are having um, you know issues or you're going through something like this, I encourage you to find someone to talk to about it, and you know don't just let it lie and don't try and work it out by yourself and resolve it if you have no idea how to resolve it. If you've got a plan in place, that's great, um, but you know don't just let it um, carry on and and be dissatisfied with whatever's going on. Find someone to talk to about it. Um, with that said, I just want to encourage you. 
uh, hope that none of you that are listening need this or um, are going through anything like this. And um, I really hope uh, that um, that if you know someone who is, then maybe you can share it with them and get them to listen to it. Um, please follow um, the podcast if you if you liked it or if you want to hear more because then each time there's a new episode, so every week, you'll, you'll get a notification and you'll see that. So really appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you again next time.